Today's scripture reading is from Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Bical, Paul, became a minister. This is the living word of God for us today. Well, good morning. My name's Lloyd Shadrach. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. I want to welcome those of you who are, are guests and here for the baby dedications as well. Um, and I know what most of you are thinking that, that our members here, you're going, we're going to be here till noon. I mean, this service should be over right now. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. My heart's full. Um, and I am going to call a bit of an audible, but um, I want you to take your Bibles, please. And a very quick thought of devotion around these words from the, from the letter to the Colossians. Look at Colossians chapter 1. We're in verses 21 to 23. And I want to cut straight to the chase, and I'm going to draw a little picture up here for us, a little diagram of the passage itself. And, and, and let me simply say this, we have, we have, we're stepping out of this highly Christ-exalting passage, the person and work of Jesus. And it means nothing until it means something to you. There's the message. All that Christ is and all he's done means nothing until it means something to you personally. And that's where Paul goes in this passage. Uh, I'm gonna draw it as a bit of a timeline. I'm just gonna, it, this is gonna be really simple. I want you to just note how he frames uh, his thoughts. This should go up on the side screens for those of you who, who can't see it up here. Um, Paul speaks of our of our past, he speaks of our present, and he speaks of our future. Notice how he says it in the passage, verse 21. And you, and by the way, isn't it interesting that we do go from this glorious hymn, and you, you know, it's just, it's per, and you, it's to you. And you who once were our past, what we once were, well, what were we, Paul? And he's speaking of us before faith in Christ. And you who once were alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Y'all, when you look at that, do you see those cherub little babies up here? Kicking their feet. I mean, do you look at them and go, you are alienated, hostile, and evil deeds. And it is funny, but according to the Bible, it's who they are. Yeah. 
It's who we are. You understand that in the fall, we're being reminded that everything blew apart. That when Adam and Eve took that fruit, it was just this grand explosion that continues to this day. Everything flew apart at the most fundamental level our relationship with God was broken. And all relationships in life flow from that relationship. If that relationship is not restored and made right, no relationship on the planet is all that God intends it to be. And you say, well, I know plenty of people who don't know Jesus, they're living full and happy lives. Indeed, they are living full and happy lives in quotations, and I don't mean to be demeaning by that, but you cannot live a full and meaningful life apart from relationship with God our creator according to the Bible. And the tragedy of course is, we're speaking about a full and flourishing life in this life and the life to come. No one, no one escapes death. And so therefore, our lives now in Christ really matter and it guarantees our future with God forever. So, and you who once were alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil, he believes, he, he, God, has now reconciled our present. So has now reconciled us. This is just a, we've already read this word in our study, but this is just a statement of the reality of the gospel that this brokenness because of our sin is now reconciled, how? Notice he says, he has now, present, reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. That's Jesus, in Jesus' body of flesh by his death. There are those who think Jesus wasn't a human being, that he was a spirit. But spirits can't die, and if we're gonna be reconciled back to God, it requires a human being to pay that penalty because it's human beings who have rejected our God. And therefore, isn't it interesting that he makes the point, well, how have we been reconciled? In Jesus's body of flesh, by his death, by the cross of Christ where he shed his blood. For when Jesus died on the cross, he made payment for all of our sins, correct? He satisfied all of God's wrath, and by the way, that happened, that happened back here. That, did, that didn't happen in our own, that, that happened 2,000 years ago that Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty, made reconciliation. I wanna get this in your mind. That happened then. That, our reconciliation was complete then. Now it's applied to us, we experience it when we believe, but it's all, you understand when Jesus said it's finished, it's finished, it's finished. One of the things we'll note as we go through this Colossians book is that there's, there's these teachers who are coming along and saying, yeah, 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 Jesus did that, but you need, here's what else you need. Yeah, 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 but here's something, and this is totally wrong. Jesus said it is finished, we're reconciled. Well, he goes on to speak of a present, uh, uh, something in our, pres in our future. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you in order, and this is judicial language of a judgment, in order to present us, this is future sense, how? In order to present us, you holy, blameless, 
and above reproach, holy, blameless, above reproach. In other words, in order to one day when you and I pass from this life to the next, present us before God the Father, holy, blameless, above reproach, to present us just like Jesus. So we once were alienated, hostile, we did evil. This is who we are apart from Christ. When we put our trust in Christ, we are reconciled to God by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And therefore, we, we know with confidence that one day that we will be presented to God the Father, holy, blameless, above reproach. Now, where people get tripped up, and I just have a moment to say this. Look at verse 23. If, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable, steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel, hear me on this. And, and you can talk with me afterwards if you want more. He is not even introducing the thought that you can lose your salvation there. And you may say, no, no, he says all this will be true if you remain stable. Keep the context in mind. There are those who are gonna come along and say, you need something other than Jesus. Notice the words he use, uses. If, he says, if you remain stable, you don't shift. You don't move off of what you believe. Jesus is the Christ. He died on the cross for my sins. He was buried and rose again, and he did it for me. Stay stable on that. Don't shift from that when someone comes along and says, that's good, but you know you need this to really get the spiritual life. No, 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 don't shift from that. Even the grammar itself, there's argument around this, but the grammar itself is that Paul says his intent, even in the way it's framed grammatically is, and I assume you're gonna continue in the faith and be stable, don't shift, don't move off of this grounds of Christ. Another reason I say this is when you take the whole of scripture, you all, the Bible tells us that when we place our faith in Christ, okay, that we are forgiven of our sins, we're cleansed from all unrighteousness, we're clothed in Christ's righteousness, we're indwelt with the Spirit, we are adopted as sons of God, uh, the, our sins have been propitiated, that is, that is the wrath has been poured out on them, Jesus paid the penalty, God does all, we believe and it's ours, and if our faith is genuine, our faith is genuine, it's, it's a faith that says, I, I'm trusting in Christ, in that moment in our salvation, our future is secure. Paul, when he describes salvation, he speaks of those whom God has predestined, called, justified, glorified in Romans 8, 28 and 29. Do you know that word glorified? It's in the past tense. And you and I look at each other and go, well, I don't feel glorified because you're not glorified yet. That will be to come. That when you stand before God and we'll see him face to face, that will be, that'll be glorified, we will be glorified. Well, then why does Paul speak of it in the past tense in Romans? Because it's done. Because it's that sure. Now the Bible does and appropriately encourage us constantly, continue in the faith, persevere in the faith. And the understanding of the apostles is those who believe will persevere. And we, we want to be encouraged in that way, but the, the, the thought of even the loss of our salvation is not true and not in the passage at all. 
Back to this, what Paul has said. Rob had us draw, remember this? In our books, Rob had us draw a crown because this is Jesus. You all, when you and I put our faith in Christ, I want you to understand the Bible describes you as being in Jesus. You're in Christ. When, if you know Christ, when God looks at you right now, I want you to understand this. He sees Christ and you go, oh no, but I just had evil thoughts this morning. Well, sure we do. We're not, we're not sinless. Christ is. And we're clothed in his righteousness. And the Christian life is really growing. You know, it takes growth. These babies are gonna fall before they walk and we're gonna keep falling before we're fully glorified, but we will never fall fully. And so the Christian life is becoming who, who, Christ, who we are in Christ right now, reconciled to him. Now, when we die, we're gonna be presented before Christ and God, you know, I, I want you to know Christ, God looks at you right now in Christ. Understand when we see God face to face, It'll be no different. I'm all turned around here. There we go. It'll be no different in that we'll see him face to face. And you know why? You know why we will be able to see him face to face? Because we will be in Christ. So the question for us, for anyone in the room, is just simply this. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you with this and there's something I wanna do. Are you, in, are you in the crown? Are you in Christ? Or are you still over here living your life with the crown on your head? Make sense? What you were is we were hostile to God and we just kept the crown of, we, we, we were our own Lord. God in his grace opens your eyes, you believe the gospel, and now, look, I take the crown off my head and I step into the fullness of Jesus. I am clothed in Jesus. Because I am clothed in Jesus, I know that one day when I die, I will be before God, holy, blameless, and above reproach. Thank God. This is our prayer for these children, right? that they too would one day put their faith in Christ. One of the things this reminded me of this morning, um, I was telling <clears throat> some folks this morning that uh, when I watched these kids being dedicated, at least I, 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 I thought of you because when our son was dedicated, he was dedicated in one of those girl gowns. Like, <laughs> and so I was telling Clay and Dorothy, I said, I said he tracks me up, you know, so and so then, but then to find out that the Luke's gown here is five generations, is that correct? Ours was the fifth as well. Five generations. Okay, so five, it's standing here. And I just want you to get this in your head, you all. Should the Lord tarry, we'll be dead, okay? We'll be gone. But it could be that someone else will be standing up here with a 10th generation. Doesn't it make you just go, time must go? What, what must it have been like five generations ago for whoever was our relative holding that? They were young and, you know, and now they're gone. 
and it, it spurns an urgency, I hope, in all of us to go, oh God, this life is, is, a, is a vapor. And what really matters is being in Christ, and not just us in the room, but beyond these walls. That's why we live and why we're here. I, I, I want us to pray. You know, we're gonna pray in a moment. I'm gonna invite you up to pray. We do that after every service. But I wanna pray in particular for a family today who's here, and um, I'm gonna invite Christian to come up. Christian, Kara, are you in the room? Are you, did, there you go. Christian, Kara, you, you guys come up. Christian Finger and Kara. And, um, and you know, we, we don't get to do this often, and, and, and I pray we would do more, but I wanna pray for them, and, and, and uh, then we're gonna... Pray to, we're gonna pray for them together, but you guys come on up here and bring the family up here. And uh, they got some news recently that's pretty, quite difficult. And I want whoever, um, in their community group, fellowship group, or friends, you guys come up here with them. Let's stand up here together. Somebody join us. Some of you join us, if you would. Oh and uh, <laughs> no, just tell just a quick word of what's going on in your world and how we can pray, and we're gonna pray for you. Let me make sure this is on. Y'all come up here. Y'all just come on up. Oh gosh, you know what's so funny is, I know he said I know how to do that because he runs the sound. He's been doing this, it man. for years and I'm taking the mic from him. Let me show you how to turn this on. I got this, Lloyd. You've got it, indeed you do. Let's tell us how we can pray. pray All right, well, um, I found out this week uh, on Wednesday that I, um, through a, cult, uh, a, a routine exam, that uh, what I thought was gonna be routine, uh, I have stage four colorectal cancer. And it has already spread to my liver and my lungs and uh, it was obviously quite a shock. I'm an avid cyclist, I exercise every day and I had no idea that this was going on in me. So um, I am so thankful for the outpouring of love and support and, and uh, just appreciate all prayers. Uh, I will likely start treatment this, uh, this coming week uh, to fight this. So, and it will, uh, I will obviously need lots of, uh, support and strength through this and for my family, especially. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to have you guys, all, all four of you just sit down on that first step, put your feet down and you're going to sit down that first step where we can get around you. And, um, it is a great privilege for the rest of us. You guys get up there and you can put your hands upon them. It is a great privilege for all of us. I want the body to stand together. And I wanna be very clear with everyone in this moment, in these moments. You guys understand we're gonna pray and I'm gonna pray for healing and restoration. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray like we pray. And uh, I wanna remind all of us that uh, that doesn't mean, you know, do, I, do we believe God could heal this? Yes. Uh, if, he, if God chooses not to, do we believe God is God? Yes, yes. And I, I'm, I'm, I can pray this way because I know Christian. And whatever the Lord does in this, God will be glorified. I wanna tell you what else I know about this man. He's in the crown of Christ. He is holy and blameless and above reproach because of Jesus. That's the most important thing in life. It's the most important relationship. And God himself moves 
to open our eyes and believe. And God in his grace opened Christian's eyes to believe that. And so we come with a brother in Christ whom we know, whether it's 30 or 40 more years, okay? Let's put it in context. Whether it's 30 or 40 more years with him, we know it will be an eternity with him and he with his God. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for our body to get together to pray to today for Christian, for Karen, the kids. Lord, to come and put our hands around them and upon them and to ask that you would remove this cancer. And Lord, there are others standing in this room who are in chemotherapy now, who, who have illness in their bodies that we pray as well for them, your healing. And Lord, we do believe you can restore in an instant. And we do believe you've gifted and made human beings such that we have discovered drugs and treatments that can help and restore. Lord, through the process that they are getting ready to enter into, what they will most need is the realization and experience and confidence of your presence and your peace and your grace and your provision. Lord, be glorified in Christian's cancer. Be glorified through it in a way that only you can. Thank you that we can pray with our brother with such deep confidence of his position in Christ. And we can speak against these evil forces of darkness and wickedness and evil and harm in that you overcame them all in the cross. In your human body, Lord Jesus, you bore the weight and the punishment of our sin. You were buried and rose again. And our hope is always and ever in you, in you alone. When one of us hurts, all of us hurt. And we feel that today. We entrust them to you now. And we walk with them in the mighty name of the risen Savior, Jesus. Amen. You guys stay right there for a moment. Let me say to everyone, if you would like to pray with someone, because some, there, there are needs in this room. There's gonna be some of us up front available to pray with you, and I want to invite you to come and pray. And I wanna remind all of us that the hope we have in Christ is not ours to hold, but to give, to give outside these walls. It's what God has called us to. It's the privilege that we hold and have, and we do so always in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are dismissed. God bless.